Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. February in that deal that sent a couple of big names this way, including Halliburton. Here's Patrick Williams. Knocks there it down. you go, P-Dub. Io slip. Vucevic. Yes. Here's Heald on the drive, gliding inside. Tapped by Vucevic to DeRozan. Lob for Levine. Couldn't squeeze it, recovers it. He'll fire a three. Oh, bang, bang, bang. How about that from Zach Levine for the first Bulls lead? Wasn't for Drummond tonight. He's two-point shy of a double-double. Levine a three. Oh, bang, bang, bang. Huge shot, Zach Levine with 28 tonight. Do yeah. not be afraid to leave your man to help someone get beat off the dribble. Here's DeRozan turning around in an easy bank. Oh, the kick off the ground. And Alex Caruso with his third steal of the game. Oh, nice feed to a cutting Vucevic and a foul. They ran the old Dean Smith four corners right there. Dean Smith would be proud. Back-to-back wins after the back-to-back losses. A good bounce back on Monday night. Welcome to another fun-filled Friday edition, a hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in 11 color right here on SportsZone Chicago. Those clips for the Chicago Bulls came courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app today. You want, you want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can download all the uh, other Five Life shows throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports Social Chicago app today. And speaking of Sports Social Chicago, follow them on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch our podcast version of this program, you can subscribe to us at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you follow us on War on Anger on those podcast platforms. Speaking of War Media, you can follow War Media at WAR Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. 
You have any definite opinions, do our two-hour external guests we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always go to Sports Old Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Old Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But you've decided to troll and or do something stupid. I'm giving Lakina full bolt to give you fools to beer let me a boot. Bye-bye. I love she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you, good folks, that Sports Old Chicago is now also available on Roku TV. That's why Sports Old Chicago is available on Roku TV. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Old Chicago is now available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. If you already have a Roku TV, tap into the sports folder, download Sports Old Chicago that way. If you don't have a Roku TV, but you have a few handheld streaming devices laying around, iPad, iPhone, iTouch, your cell phone, all the other good stuff, your Chromebook, your personal mm-hmm. PC, your laptop. Just mm-hmm. uh, download that Roku TV app and find Sports Social Chicago through that avenue. So get with the program, celebrate with the squad. You can also catch Sports Social Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right. So we got a lot to do today. We got our, our girl from the Pat 12 Network, uh, you know, Kylan Mills will join us not only talk about, you know, preview, you know, all, you know, think, talk all things, mm-hmm. you know, Bay Area, but also to, you know, now she's with the Pac-12 Network. We can get her some predictions of what's coming up with what well, college who's using in general coming up in just like about a, what, a week mm-hmm. and a half from now. So we'll talk to her about that. Also, too, and she's also from Chicago, too, so don't forget for those who don't remember. Also, her other Chicago homegirl, Christine Manica from KSRB, will join us for our week eight NFL picks. Yep, let's get it started, Lakina, by discussing the Chicago Bulls and the NBA at large. The Bulls on a current two-game winning streak. They face the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio tonight. They'll have the Philadelphia 76ers waiting for them at the United Center tomorrow for our Saturday night home game. Lakina, the Bulls on the current two-game winning streak. They defeated the Boston Celtics 120-102 on Monday. And then this past Wednesday, as those clips that you heard starting off our show, they defeated the Indiana Pacers 124-109. Lakina, just a couple of observations uh, as I watched those two games from earlier this week. The Bulls uh, came out flat in that first quarter in that game against Boston. Uh, it was still some bad juju vibes lingering from that loss last Saturday night in that home winner against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But Boston's bad shooting in the playoff bench in particular, Derrick Jones Jr. helped save them on Monday. Wednesday against the Pacers, they came out with better energy. The ball was moving around crisp. They were better defensively. Yes, the Indiana Pacers are still a rebuilding team, but even though we're barely a week into the season, Lakina, Wednesday's game against the Pacers is the best that the Bulls have played all year. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's crazy when you talk. I saw a little bit of that game on Wednesday against Indiana. Indiana, you know, they're okay. You know, they got some, you know, you know, good pieces. They got, you know, of course, Ben, you know, Mathurin, you know, the rookie, and a few other mm-hmm. guys. Um, you know, Buddy Heal, too, in a trade, that trade from Sacramento about a little over a year ago. So Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, yeah. Halliburton's a good one, too, a former uh, Iowa State guy. So, yeah, they're so, you know, they got some good players. They're not at the, that near, at like, you know, the top tier. They might, they might be competing for one of the play-ins, but we'll have to wait and see there. But, look, I mean, this is probably the best that Bulls have looked all season so far. And, look, they, you know, they came out firing. You know, Vooch had a nice showing, you know, for his birthday. Zach. You know, look good, and also Demar, and they got you know great contributions from guys, you know, from guys off the bench as well. So a good, you know, solid team win. You know, both team wins, but especially that one against Indy. So you know, Zach have, of course, had twenty eight, and it's going to be interesting because remember, if you guys remember, Zach's not going to play at night because you know at the back to back and such. So you know, they're, they're playing in San Antonio. 
you know, we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, we know that, you know, we know that, you know, Pop Love, you know, you know coaching against the Bulls. So that should be a very interesting uh, game tonight. Of course, they got the back to back. Of course, you got the got Philly. You know, that's going to be very interesting. They got their own issues, but we'll get to that in a second. But, <laughs> you know, I look, I like how this team's playing overall. Just need the consistency from the, from the guys off the bench. You're seeing Goran Dragas contribute. You're seeing Andre Drummond contribute. Just don't let him dribble. Just don't let him uh, come up with the ball, bring up, bring you know, down the court with the ball. <laughs> don't do that. That's never been his yeah. game. You know, that's like crazy. Uh, Kobe White, you know, has some, you know, a couple of key steals late and key rebounds, defensive rebounds late. So, look, a, a good solid style points. It's not the old BCS in college football. So, I, I think if you're, you're a Bulls fan at three or two, you should be four and one. But I digress. But you know, you're 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 right there after you know five Ks with a, especially despite a really tough schedule. Yeah, I like the addition of Andre Drummond. As we said over the summer, he's going to help uh, bring some toughness and some definitely uh, uh, rebounding to this Bulls team. That's what they lacked last year, especially uh, defensively within the interior. He's done a great job so far. And also, too, like you mentioned, Gordon Dragic. Uh, he's bringing great guard play off the bench from the point guard position off the bench. Io Dusuma, let's talk about him. He's been doing a great job running the point for the Bulls as he – as he fills in in the starting spot for for the injured Lazo ball. Hopefully he returns later on down in, uh, as the season goes along. But you, you mentioned those previous two guys with Drummond and Goran Dragic coming off the bench. I really feel that the, the, the chemistry with those two, those are your two inches starters that comes that, that comes off the bench to relieve those starters of minutes. And and speaking of, uh, of other bench guys, Javante Green, when we had Coach Billy Donovan make the switch of putting Javante Green in the starting lineup, Patrick Williams, uh, he didn't have a, the greatest of games against Boston on Monday. On Wednesday, he had no rebounds, but he did pick up 10 points and two assists, but that's not enough. You notice that Patrick Williams' minutes have been literally mm -hmm. cut in half. Most of the starters played about 30 to 35 minutes. Patrick Williams has been averaging at least 14 to 15 minutes a, a, a game as a starter. That's not good. No, that's now, I know many. I know that that was the first draft pick of the Mark Eversley, Karnaschovas uh, um, era, but uh, it hasn't panned out so far. Yes, I know we we gone through this before. Patrick Williams have been it was injured most of last year, and we we've we seen some signs. But uh, how long? How much longer will Billy, Billy Donovan go with Patrick Williams in the starting lineup without uh, with a lack of production, not just scoring wise, but mostly defensively, as, as he showed he showed us during his rookie season. We just haven't seen it on a consistent basis since. Yeah, and I think that's that, that's really been the problem for him is because he hasn't played a consistent the whole season. So that, that we're still trying. I think the jury's still out on Patrick Wes. I know some folks want to give up on him, but I, I want to kind of see, like, look, if he still is, you know, unproductive and not contributing, then you, you'll put him on the bench and assess. But he's only 21 still. So he just, you know, he probably has another growth spurt in him. You know, he buffed up, you know, he bulked up a little bit over the summer. So I'm going to give him a little bit of time. So I'm not too worried about Patrick Williams. Um, you know, Levine's not going to play tonight. So you got to wonder, is this going to be the thing, you know, the plan all season? If they have a back-to-back, -back, you know, will Zach not play in either the first one or the second one, depending on who the opponent is? So this is going to be kind of like the thing. And I think, and unfortunately, I think Bulls fans will have to get used to that, at least for this season anyway. Yeah, I, how long will it go? I'm not. Sure. I don't know if it's going to go on for the whole season. Uh, heaven forbid that Levine has another injury. Heaven forbid. But I think this probably will go on for at least for the first month of the season, maybe past Thanksgiving. That's just my prediction. But like he's, uh, like we talked about, 
Uh, Zach Levine didn't play much five on five basketball uh, this summer because him and his wife just had a new baby mm -hmm. and he had that surgery a month after the season ended last year with that playoff loss to Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So he hasn't had time to get his get his uh, wind back. I know he played in the preseason, but that, that's just not enough. That was just his start. And of course, they had a couple of hard practices during the early part of the training camp. So mm -hmm. and he didn't he participated in some of them, but not in all of them. So uh, it's going to take us take some time. I think my prediction is by the next month. This should be over, but you never know with the Bulls. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's uh, well, you know, the crazy things happen in the NBA. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. You're, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown talking Bulls. And now we're going to go a little bit further out, out into the NBA. What impressed you this week? Some very interesting games and performances. Sid. Yeah, Jalen Brunson uh, getting it done for the New York mm -hmm. Knicks, especially during last Wednesday's, uh, this past Wednesday's game against the Charlotte Hornets, one thirty-four to one thirty-one in overtime. Yeah. I was impressed by that. Luka Doncic was dropping a forty-piece on the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> last yeah. night in overtime. And I know some people, uh, especially those those at the four eleven network, want to write them the nets off already. Uh, I, I'm not going to write them out just yet, Lakina. Give me another couple weeks, and I, as I said on this program before, I'll say it again: when the Brooklyn Nets uh, get in trouble, who's going to punk out? Who's going to stand tall and say enough of this mess? Uh, Brooklyn has has not looked good so far. They they're on a current three game losing streak. Uh, I watched the game against Memphis. John Morant carved them up. Of course, um, of course, the game on Wednesday against Milwaukee, they were up mm -hmm. by double digits at halftime. The fourth quarter came, and they simply disappeared. Of course, last night, uh, they had a brief lead against the Dallas Mavericks at home but before losing it in overtime. So Brooklyn's looking bad right now. The Knicks are looking good right now. Uh, the Timberwolves are looking good right now. Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, they're really putting on the show the, this the new NBA's version of the Twin Towers. Anthony Edwards, as we said before, he's going to take another step this year. We saw it last year in the playoffs in that serious loss against Memphis. Uh, Anthony Edwards is really doing his thing right now. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers got uh, got out to a hot start, but they lost to Miami at home the other night. Now Damian Lillard is, has an injury to his calf. Not good. Yeah, that's he's going to be out, it looks like, tonight. And uh, Phoenix, you had a Phoenix had a pretty nice show, too. They pulled off the, uh, I guess you could say, the mini upset uh, against the Warriors, 134-25. Now, this is interesting because I I, I think, you know, the, the you know, Phoenix, you know, they, or, or, of course, they lost to a, a professional team from Australia early in the preseason. I know, you know, Suns are starting to freak out. But, look, Booker, Booker had 34. Um, you know, Guys, Clay Thompson kicked out of the game for the first time in his career. I know, that was a first. <laughs> yeah, that was a first in his career that he's been, you know, kicked out of a game. But that's. You know, that, that's that was kind of interesting there. And also, too, uh, look, Jock Lindell had a, a Landell had a career high 17 points off the bench for them. So he's kind of become like sort of like the unsung hero for the Suns. They're three and one right now. For those you don't know, he's a rookie from uh, St. You know, Mary's. I remember him because he was uh, first team all West Coast last year in the basketball season. So that's a name that mm -hmm. I've heard in the college uh, hoops ranks now. They actually, you know, the Warriors, they bounced back. You know, our buddy Spiro Diaz, you know, who we just had on the show on Monday, uh, had a nice win against Miami. That was actually a pretty interesting uh, game that, uh, last night. Miami kept it close, but, you know, the Warriors being the Warriors, you know, Steph Curry had 33, so. Yeah, he exploded you know, in the fourth spot. quarter last yeah. night. Did you check out that move at the five-and-a-half mark of the fourth yes. quarter? He, yep. uh, he crossed up Tyler Harrow's, like, give me that <laughs> little space to do my thing, and he nailed a three-point shot. That's Steph <laughs> yeah. for you. Well, that's a lot. That's how he does it. You know, he doesn't really talk a lot, but he lets his game do the talking. So that's yeah. interesting too. Uh, Utah uh, still had a, a nice showing as well. 
They're four and one right now. So, like I said, I don't know if Utah's going to make the playoffs, but they got look, they got some young talent. Of course, Lori Marketing, I think he finally mm-hmm. f- has found a system that would that fits him. So that's you know that's a you know good uh, good thing there for him. But you know the Lakers on the flip side, they're zero and four and they're a mess. They lost to Denver. <laughs> I Are you shocked? <laughs> no, I'm not. But and it looks like you know I think AD might have twinged his back again. And Russell Westbrook was out again on Wednesday uh, against the Nuggets due to his hamstring injury. Uh, I think the Lakers may be done with him. I will say this about the Lakers. They did show up for a while against Denver on uh, Wednesday. They were better defensively, um, but they ran against a better team. And this is why you do not surround LeBron James with shooters. And we said this last year, Lakina. You don't have any shooters around LeBron, you're not going to win. And that's what happened last year, uh, even despite the injuries. Oh, it's a mess out there in Los Angeles. Well, look, 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 look I mean, the Clippers, you know, look, they had a, uh, they were upset by OKC last mm-hmm. night. So uh, I think Clippers fans are starting to freak out a little bit. But I, I got feel, more in them than the Lakers. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're two and three right now. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about them. You know, Kawhi is still trying to find his groove. You know, Wall's been contributing pretty well too for the Clippers. So mm-hmm. like, well, I think they'll, they'll figure it out. There's, there's too much talent on that team. Now going through, uh, this weekend's schedule starting tonight. You got Atlanta and Detroit at six. That should be interesting. Won the battle of the young guns there. Charlotte and Orlando at six. Cleveland and Boston. That should be an intriguing one. Philadelphia and Toronto. That should be a, another interesting uh, game between these two. And the first of the ESPN of Friday, you got Indiana and Washington at 630. That should be a fun one. Uh, New York and Milwaukee. That should be a good one, too. I'm surprised that's not on television at seven o'clock. Yeah, you don't hear Stephen A. Smith screaming in on your television. <laughs> well, that's all another issue. Uh, continuing with the Friday schedule, the Lakers will face Minnesota and the Twin Cities at 7 o'clock tonight. Utah is at Denver at 8 o'clock. And then at 9 o'clock, the second game of that uh, sec- second half of that ESPN doubleheader will feature New Orleans at Phoenix. Perhaps no Zion Williamson, perhaps no Brandon Ingram. We'll see uh, the status of those two players uh, for tonight's game. Of course, uh, Houston is at Portland wrapping up the, uh, the Friday schedule. On Saturday, that's tomorrow. You got Miami and Sacramento. No, no, the very early start time at 5 o'clock for those of you out there in Sacramento. Golden State and Charlotte. That should be an interesting one at 6. Indiana and Steph Brooklyn. Curry, come home. Yeah, right, he'll be there her. for tomorrow and they'll leave. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Indiana and Brooklyn at 6.30. Brooklyn hoping to bounce back. Philadelphia and Chicago. That's 7 o'clock. I don't know if they're going to black out that game here in Chicago, but you know those outside Chicago can watch the Yeah, so they'll, they'll they'll be able to. Those of you outside of Chicago will probably be able to watch that game on TNT, NBA NBA TV, I should say. And you can still get look. You know, all you Bulls fans can watch it with uh, Adam and uh, Stacy on the call at NBC Sports Chicago, Atlanta, and Milwaukee. That should be a fun one. OKC and Dallas. We'll see if Luca can stay hot. And interesting one here. All of a sudden, Memphis and Utah. That's at eight o'clock tomorrow night. And wrapping up the weekend schedule here, so the games for Sunday afternoon. Uh, New Orleans is at the Clippers at 2 o'clock. There's a middle of the football schedule. <laughs> at 5 o'clock on Sunday, we'll have Washington at Boston. That should be an interesting one. Both teams are, as of right now, 3-1 as it is broadcast. At 5 o'clock, we have the Knicks at the Cavaliers. Cleveland is started off the season hot. Donovan Mitchell is a big contributor to that without their – especially without their starting point guard, Darius Garland. At 5 o'clock, we have the Warriors at the Pistons as the Warriors continue their trip through the East Coast. At 6 o'clock on NBA TV for Sunday, we have Minnesota and San Antonio. At 6.30, we have Orlando at Dallas. At 8 o'clock, 
Houston at Phoenix. And then wrapping up the Sunday night schedule, Denver at the Lakers in a rematch from the game on Wednesday. So that game will take place, formerly known as Stable Center, on Sunday night for the Lakers. Hence the early uh, start to Clippers and Pelicans. So that, that's why that's why you got that thing there. But I, I don't mm-hmm. like when it. I, I, whoever you know gets the short of the stick, they're having to play in the afternoon. That's going to be <laughs> that's always very weird. But even still, that is your schedule for this weekend in the NBA. Yep. So around the corner, we'll preview week nine of college football and we'll give you our uh, predictions for the 2022 edition of the World Series presented by Major League Baseball is between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. That and a whole lot more as the hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports continues. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We're live in Labor Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday Edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Oscar McGee on the IG. We got less than 90 minutes of this extravagance that we call a sports talk radio show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's continue this amazing show by discussing college football's re preview week nine uh, in the land of the college stakes. We had a few games that, 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 that took that it was taking place around the country last night, Thursday. For those of you listening back on the replay on our podcast, uh, it was number 14 Utah de- going on the road to Washington State, defeating the Cougars 21 to 17. NC State, number 24 ranked team in the country, uh, they get by Virginia Tech 22 21. In Southern Miss, defeated Louisiana 39 to 24. Yeah, a little bit of gamesmanship there. Wazoo accuses Utah of doing that because Cam Rising, their top you know quarterback, you know, some people thought he could be a, a draft pick, mm-hmm. didn't play. It was literally a last minute. Kyle Williams said that you know, last minute that he wasn't going to play. So they felt that the Wazoo fans felt that was a little bit of gamesmanship. I'm sure they're still talking about it over in uh, Poland right now. But you know, Utah mm-hmm. gets a squeaks, uh, squeaks out a win uh, on the road. Now, as far as, you know, NC State, that yeah, was a close game, you know, throughout. And, uh, you know, Vatek had a chance to win it. And I believe it was a missed field goal, if I'm not mistaken. Or I think it might have been like a missed, like, two-point conversion or something like that. So, but, uh, yeah, uh, NC State, uh, again, had to kind of, you know, eke out another victory. But I guess he'll take it if you're the Wolfpack. It's sorry after what happened with Clemson a few weeks ago. All right. And tonight's schedule in the world of college football looks like this for Friday. East Carolina at 5 and 3 will travel to Lavelle Edwards Stadium to face a 4 and 4 BYU team. That's at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. And at the same time on CBS Sports Network, Louisiana Tech will play Florida International. All right, let's go to Saturday's slate uh, for October 29th, 2022. Tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. on Big News Saturday on Fox, uh, the Big Ten slate will feature number two Ohio State Buckeyes. They'll travel to Happy Valley and Beaver Stadium to face the number 13 ranked team in the country, the Penn State Nittany Lions, Ohio State 7-0, 4-0 in Big Ten play, while Penn State checks in at 6-1, 3-1 in Big Ten play. Ohio State is a 15-point favorite on the road. C.J. Stroud, 28 passes so far this season. Nate Singleton, the big running back for, for, for Penn State, he has seven okay. rushing touchdowns off of 561 uh, total rushing yards. Lakina, I would say that Ohio State is an upset alert, but I don't sense it here. I know it's going to be a great atmosphere there for, for a noon start, a rare noon start for mm-hmm. uh, that program in recent years, but uh, – it could be kind of sort of close, but I think Ohio State should roll, roll in this one. Yeah, I think Penn State will keep it close, but I, I, I think, like, you know, the, the the rushing yards, the rush defense isn't, you know, very good. So if you're Ohio State, you know, I would say Maya Williams, who's your, one of your top running backs, mm-hmm. I think you just just give him the ball and just go to town now for Penn State. I would say, you know, Nate Singleton, you know, give the ball to him 
and perhaps maybe try to keep mm-hmm. you know Nicholas uh Nicholas Singleton I should say you know I would say you know run the ball and try to keep you know CJ Stroud and that offense off the field that's going to be the key here and I think it's really going to be you know Penn State's defense can they kind of keep CJ Stroud Maya Wheels and that Buckeyes offense on their toes I think that's going to be the key here and also too for for the uh, Nittany Lions their defense has to be disciplined and force force a couple of turnovers and sack Mr. Stroud perhaps two or three times if they could do that they'll have a chance to pull out that the ups up the upset at 11 o'clock on ESPN we had number seven TCU traveling to uh Puskar Stadium in Morgantown West Virginia to face the three and four West Virginia Mountaineers at the same time on ABC Four and three Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish will travel to Syracuse to face the number sixteen ranked Orangemen. Notre Dame four and three, Syracuse six and one. Tough loss for Syracuse last week at Clemson. Want to go back to that uh, TCU West Virginia? I know West Virginia. A lot of people thought that they would probably be right near near the middle of the pack. You know, they're three and four right now. But I think you know Morgantown. That place is going to be rocking. So I wouldn't you know underestimate them. Adam wouldn't underestimate the Mountaineers. I mean, they they actually have the sort of like they could get the crowd behind them. So TCU, I'm not mm-hmm. saying they should be on upset alert, but I'm saying that they should, you know, don't don't look past uh, the Mountaineers. That's all I will say. Syracuse, we'll see how their mindset is. I mean, they should have ran the ball more in that game against Clemson. That was sort of like mm-hmm. you, know, you have one of the top running backs in the country. So, you know, in Estemi, so in Audrey Estemi. So I don't know why they didn't run the ball, but you know, I digress. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll again, we'll see what their mindset is after that tough loss to Clemson. At 11 o'clock, uh, Syracuse is a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. At 11 o'clock on, on the SEC Network, 4-3 and three, Arkansas will travel to Jordan-Hare Stadium to take on a struggling 3-4 and four Auburn team. And at the same time on FS1, Oklahoma will travel to track Dry Stadium to take on Iowa State. Oklahoma 4-3, and three, Iowa State 3-4. and four. Should be interesting, though. I mean, it looks like overall might be starting to kind of find their groove a little bit. Uh, Iowa State has a pretty solid defense, so we'll see how that goes. Now, Boston College and UConn at 11 a.m. No, basketball season has not started yet, folks. So <laughs> well, this is an old basketball rivalry from the Big East, so we'll see what happens there. Georgia Tech and Florida State, of course, you know, Tech, you know, trying to kind of keep things sort of afloat as they're looking for a new head coach. Florida State, you know, they kept the close against Clemson, but, you know, they just couldn't pull off the uh, upset. But we'll see how they are. That's at 11 a.m. on the SEC Network. Miami and Virginia, ESPN 3. Uh, I think that's about it for like the top uh, noon games. You know, starting with the you know, the afternoon games at two thirty on FS One. You got Oregon and California. That should be an interesting one uh, there. California, Oregon. They got a little extra screen there, stuff from that uh, win against uh, UCLA. So mm-hmm. the Cal, we'll still see how they are. And uh, they got the the annual. Uh, you know, they don't call it the uh, I forgot what they call it. Uh, the Florida uh, Georgia game. I mean, oh, the, the cocktail, world's the outdoor party. cocktail party. Yeah, yeah, they don't they don't call it that anymore. They just call Why it. Why not? Well, I, I don't know. I guess you know it encourages drinking and whatnot. I don't know. It's just some some weird thing like that. They haven't done that in years. But some people some people there still do it. But you know, Florida, Georgia, that's their annual trip. Uh, annual meeting in uh, in Jacksonville. It's at two thirty on CBS. At 1.30 on the Big Ten Network, 4-3 and three, Rutgers will travel to Huntington Bank Stadium in the Twin Cities to take on a 4-3 and three struggling Minnesota Golden Gophers team. Minnesota's favored by two touchdowns, 14 points to be exact. Lakina, uh, the Golden Gophers, you know, I've, I've been behind them all year. They looked bad the last two weeks. Uh, on primetime last week, they got smashed by Penn State the week before. They got dominated by Illinois and Champaign in the second half. Tanner Morgan must step up for Minnesota. 
to right the ship. I think they will. They'll improve their record to five and three. At least you got to get back to uh, being respectable, and this is a, a great week to do that. We'll see. Should be a good one here. They played last time. They played it was actually a pretty good game. So we'll see what happens there. Mm -hmm. To the Big Twelve, we got OK State, uh, Kansas State, uh, Kansas Stadio at number twenty-two. That's a two thirty mm -hmm. on Fox at Bill Snyder Family uh, Stadium, and this is gonna be interesting. You know, because you know, as it is with the Big 12, is also it's all about offense, but it's going to be defense. OK State made some big stops against Texas last week. You know, K-State, you know, coming off that loss to TCU. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Yep, Kansas State is favored by a point and a half, and over under total is 56. So they expect Vegas expected some offense to be uh, displayed in that one. We'll see what happens in that contest. At 2.30 on ABC, number 17, Illinois. No, this is not a typo, folks. The fighting Brett Bielmas, the fighting Illini, will travel to Lincoln, Nebraska to take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Of course, Illinois 6-1 and one overall, 3-1 and one in the Big Ten. Not, while Nebraska, with their culture change, 3-4 and four overall, 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten. What gives here? Illinois is favored by 7.5. Nebraska uh, about, uh, coming off the loss to Purdue. They were actually really close for Purdue at one point, but you know, they mm -hmm. couldn't get it going late. So if you're, you know, you're, if, Look, if if you're Coach Joseph, you know you're still kind of trying to make a good impression. You know, hopefully, you know mm -hmm. to the brass and you know get a chance to try to you know make a, kind of that job. What better way to beat a, a Illinois team that's kind of come out of nowhere? We'll see. You know, Chase Brown. Mm -hmm. Yes, he should be getting some uh, Heisman buzz. I think this should help him a little bit. You know, playing uh, at two thirty mm -hmm. nationally on ABC. I, I think like, I think the key for you know defense. I mean, Nebraska is sort of mm, so. We'll, we'll see. I'm sure he'll probably be able to rack up some yards. But I think mm -hmm. if he, if, if uh, DeVito, Tom DeVito could just limit the mistakes, I think Illinois should be fine. But you're playing in Lincoln in a very hostile environment, so that might play a little bit of a factor. So we'll see. Yeah, that Illinois defense must hunt and must hunt down Casey Thompson, sack him about three times, and create a couple of turnovers. If they could do that to complement their running game, which should be which should be uh, on point, Illinois should come out with the win. At 2.30 p.m. on ESPN, number 20 in Cincinnati, will travel to Orlando to face UCF. Cincinnati six and one, three and one in the American. While UCF is five and two, two and one in the American Conference. Should be a good one here in the American. I know some people thought that maybe Cincinnati would take a little bit of a step back, you know, with Desmond Ritter, you know, graduating, and some of the other uh, key guys from that team that went to the that was very close to going to the playoff last year. That went to the playoff last year, I should say. So yeah, I, I think this should be a good one. You know, look, UCF's got some great talent as well. So this could, yeah, this could get very interesting. I might, I definitely might check this game out because. This could be, be one of the games of the day outside the, the Power Five, if you will. At 2.30 on ESPN2, uh, disappointing Northwestern Wildcats will travel to Kinnick Stadium to face the Iowa Hawkeyes. Northwestern 1-6, while Iowa is 3-4. Iowa's favored by 11 points. Uh, I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. You know my feelings. Move on. <laughs> Okay, the Fighting Mike Burmans, as we call them, you know, the Mizzou, they uh, go up against South Carolina, number 25. That's at 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. Now we're going to the primetime game. Should be a good one here in the SEC, sticking with that. Kentucky, number 19, Kentucky, and number 3, Tennessee. Tennessee, you know, well, we'll see. You know, they'll be – look, Kentucky has a really solid, of course, you know, about Will Levis, you know, one of the you know, top QBs mm -hmm. and such, of course, you know, Hidden Hooker, you know, a lot, you know, Heisman buzz for him, you know, Jalen Hyatt. You know, the, you know, try to stop him, Kentucky, if you can. You know, Travion Robinson, they got a, you know, Tavion Robinson, I should say, they got a good one. They got a wide receiver, Kentucky does as well. And their run game, 
you know, should be funny. Of course, we talked about Chris Rodriguez Jr. and also to Jalen Wright. So this should be very – this could, you know, come down. I think the first of 30 wins, I think that 30 wins, I think that's probably going to be – that's probably the uh, sort of like the mantra here. You mean 30 points? Yeah, I said 30. I said 30. Yeah, You I said 30 they, wins. Well, 30 points. Well, you know what I meant, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited uh, for this speak- matchup. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Vegas, uh, they expect some offense in this one. The over under total is uh is sixty one points. So I think you will slightly take the over. And Tennessee is favored by twelve points at home. Uh, at six o'clock on the Pac twelve network, number ten USC will travel to Arizona Stadium in Tucson to take on the Wildcats. USC six and one, four and one Pac twelve play. Arizona three and four, one and three in Pac twelve play. The good news for USC is that they've had to kind of had a week to sit to sit on that loss to Utah, so they should mm-hmm. be back ready, ref- refresh, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they take it on on Arizona. So all you Wildcat fans, I think this could get ugly real quick. But again, we'll see. Now the primetime game, in-state rivals, always interesting when these two teams play. Michigan State and Michigan. That's at six thirty on ABC. Both teams are coming off a bye. I know uh, Michigan fans are supposed to morning what happened last year in East Lansing. So they're hoping to uh, break that you know, two-game skid against Michigan mm-hmm. State. They're right there at the cusp for a, a, a playoff. The first record is coming out on Tuesday. So, you know, J.J. McCarthy, you know, uh, Blake Corr, uh, uh, Donovan Edwards, you know, try slowing that, running running tandem down for Michigan. But, you know, Michigan State's got a, a pretty a solid one uh, themselves. They got you know, Chandler Berger. He's a pretty solid running back. So the run defense for Michigan is going to have to kind of keep him at bay. So this should be mm-hmm. an interesting game, but Michigan should be able to pull this off. I'm not too – I wouldn't be too worried. I'm sure Jim Harbaugh, I'm sure, probably will tell his guys, like, remember those last two games? Try to kind yeah. of, like, get that energy going. Yeah, Michigan is favored by 23 points in the big house, and I just can't forget Lakina back in 2015. I want to say that was Harbaugh's Harbaugh's the first year uh, coaching Michigan. Of course, they had that uh, big lead and they fumbled that punt. And then, of course, uh, mm-hmm. things came running downhill for Michigan for Michigan as Michigan State pulled it off the upset mm-hmm. uh, several years ago. So, hopefully, if you're a Michigan fan, nothing like that uh, occurs on Saturday night. So, I think Michigan should roll as well. You're listening to Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago, the hashtag Football Friday edition. See the kid here with with you wrapping up the key games in week nine in college uh, football 6 30 p.m on espnu uh arizona state against colorado two bad teams in the pac 12 but at the same time on espn 2 four and three texas tech will host four and three baylor both teams are two and two in big 12 play both are still right there for that uh for those spots in the you know, big 12 so whoever loses this game they're going to be out of it but whoever wins you got they still have an outside shot so it should be interesting there uh, number 15, Ole Miss against, you know, Texas A&M. Of course, Ole Miss smarting from uh, that loss last week in Texas A&M. Some people are already saying that uh, Jimbo Fisher should be on the hot seat. So we just see what happens here. That's going to be on SEC Network at 6.30. Pittsburgh at number 21, North Carolina at 7 o'clock. That's going to be on ACC Network. Stanford at UCLA hoping to bounce back from that loss to Oregon. That's one of the late games at 9.30 on ESPN. Yep, and there's your week in re- week preview of week nine of college football right here on Second City Sports. So those games should be fun. Shout out to our guy Lamont uh, checking in on Facebook. Put some respect on Illinois na- name. We're kind of good. Yeah, it's another big test on the road tomorrow. If you guys can dominate Nebraska, it's definitely going to go a long way. Perhaps uh, 
uh, put the final line out in track to play Indianapolis for the Big 12, sorry, the Big 10 title game. Who would have thought it, uh, thunk it uh, before the start of the season? So uh, uh, a win and Nebraska uh, is going to put you on course for that. Still got to play Purdue, though, so you still got like, a couple. Yeah, too. Yeah. You also got yeah. to play Michigan, too, before that. So, you know, I, I wouldn't count my Big Ten West. You still got a pretty long way to mm-hmm. go. But uh, just, you know, don't you know, take it one uh, game at a time. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Now, of course, for all you baseball fans, we haven't forgotten. The World Series Game 1 starts tonight between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. We talked a little bit about it you know, on Monday. Go back and listen to it, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth here since it starts tonight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting, though, for in my perspective, because you know, look, you know, Philly's playing with house money. Mm-hmm. You know, Rob Top- Rob Thompson came out of no- came out of nowhere. You know, interim. You know, now he's led his team to NL title and the World Series. It'll be Aaron Nola against Justin Verlander. You know, you got to think that the course of course, the edge will be to Houston since a lot of these guys have been there before. Verlander's mm-hmm. been there before, so you got to think that it's Houston. But I wouldn't go that not so fast. I think for me, the key is going to be the pitching. If Nola can kind of keep mm-hmm. those bats from uh, from the Astros, sort of like, you know, look, I know it's going to be a hard task. You know, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, among others. I mean, those those guys can hit like crazy. But look, Philly's got some uh, bombers too, of course. Bryce Harper, mm-hmm. you know, Kyle Schwarber. I mean. Look, look. I think the key is going to be like who who's going to be the I think the pitch is going to be the key here. And also too, uh, with Aaron Nola starting game one tonight for Philadelphia, you remember he he damn near pitched a no a pitched a no hitter in, in his start mm-hmm. against Houston back uh, late in September. So uh, he could dominate those Astros bats. On the flip side for Philadelphia, Reese Hopkins Hopkins. Uh, he's the other star hitter. I know he strikes out a lot, but I'm looking for him to perhaps have a breakout series for the Philadelphia Phillies. You mentioned Bryce Harper, who's having a heck of a, of, of a postseason. I think the world, unfortunately and unfairly at times, is on his shoulders because of he left Washington to go to Philadelphia in 2019. Of course, Washington, led by then young Juan Soto and Max Scherzer, they upset the Astros in that World Series. So, mm-hmm. uh, the Bryce Harper still has some work to do. I think he'll be fine. But like I said, Kyle Schwarber has been there before. Remember 2016 Cubs mm-hmm. fans? Uh, he Remember, he was injured for, for most of that year with the torn ACL. Basically played DH in that series and, and helped the Cubs win that one. But uh, Philadelphia's office, as we mentioned, has been hot. Their starter pitching is phenomenal. You mentioned Nola goes tonight. Zach Wheeler goes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Houston is undecided as far as their starter tomorrow, but Justin Verlander will start tonight. It's going to come down to the bullpen, Lakina. I said this on Monday. I'll say it again. Philadelphia's bullpen has been just good enough, but Houston ha- perhaps has the best bullpen in all of baseball, and, that, and it's no coincidence why they're uh, still uh, in the playoffs in, in, in the World Series, rather. So it's going to come down to that. Dusty Baker, will he finally get over the hump and win a World Series ring as a manager? He has one as a player back at 81 with the Dodgers, mm-hmm. but he does not have one as a manager. So uh, I I think what's going to come down to, besides the pitching, who's going to be aggressive on the base pass? And we know Houston could do that. We saw that last year, especially against the White Sox in that division series last year. Who's going to be more aggressive on the base pass? Uh, who's going to create more scoring opportunities? And who can limit, on the flip side, who can play de- better defense and limit those opportunities? Uh, the Houston Astros did that to the Yankees in the ALCS. That's why they had the, they had the sweep of the Bronx Bombers. While it was all offense on the flip side for Philadelphia in, in the NLCS against the San Diego Padres, can Houston limit 
Philadelphia's scoring opportunities. If they can, they'll finally get a ring for Dusty Baker. But I'm with you, Lakina. You said it's going to come down to starting pitching. I think it's going to come down to the bullpens for both these teams. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think either way. Plus, look, you still got a hit, so it's going to be interesting to see, like you said, who's yeah. more aggressive. The Phillies can be pretty aggressive, too. We saw oh, in that in that series against Atlanta, so this this might, you know, like I said, it's going to, you know, like I said, Phillies play with house money. Nobody thought they would get this far, not even Philly mm-hmm. fans, and because I have a couple of friends who live in Philly. They did not, you know, they did not think they would get this far, especially after what happened you know, early in the season. They had to get rid of George Girardi. Of course, you know, uh, Lamont Scott. I'm sure well, look, I'm sure a lot of people feel that feel that way too. They are like, I gotta root for Philly, but the mm-hmm. bats will decide it. And and it might. I mean, it also at the same time too, if you wanna, you know, cheer for the Astros one's gonna be more because of Dustin than anyone else. <laughs> it's not gonna be from the <laughs> some of the individual players on there. So again, it's really gonna, gonna depend. Like, like I said, house money, where things happen, we're going into November. So I don't know, it's gonna be very interesting. But uh if I have to shoot, I'm making myself a uh, picking here, but uh I'll say Astros. I think this goes seven. I think okay. I think they will. I think they will split these home series both tomorrow. I mean, say it tomorrow. I, I yeah. I think they split the home series. You know, Philly will get one, whether it's you know tomorrow or I think maybe more like whether it's today. Probably more likely tomorrow because Zach Zach Wheeler has been dealing. I'll say Astros in seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if Philly somehow pulls out another upset. Yeah, I'll go with the Philadelphia Phillies in seven because of the momentum that they had so far uh, in the playoffs. Of course, you saw what they did to the Cardinals, sweeping them in a wild card series, and then, of course, dismissing the Padres in five in the NLCS. I'm with you. They will split uh, the first two games in Houston because they started pitching is just too good. You can throw those guys in the games four, five, and six, mm-hmm. in particular Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. So uh, the Philadelphia is still in good shape. And I wouldn't be surprised if it does go seven. Like I said, I have Philadelphia in seven. I know you have Houston in seven. Remember, Houston has the home field advantage. So the games one and two are in Houston tonight and tomorrow. Games three and four and, if necessary, game five will be in Philadelphia next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Of course, next Friday and Saturday would be games six and seven, if necessary. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're if you're a Fox, I know you these aren't look. You got Houston. You know people people still don't like them. You got Philly. You got you know the good story there. You know blue collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good you know good size city too. So I think if you're a Fox, yes, I'm sure you would rather have had either the New York teams or the Dodgers. But and, you know I think you're you're okay if I think you're okay with with this series. I think. Yeah, and our last comment from my buddy Lamont on Facebook. I want Philly, but I agree with Lakina. Astros is seven. So we'll see if Dusty Baker finally gets that that ring that has eluded him as a manager. And this should be an exciting series. And it starts tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. locally, uh, and nationally, I should say, on Fox TV. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports continues with our homegirl, Kylie Mills, from the Pac-12 Network and Locked On Warriors, and our homegirl, Christine Manica, with her Week 8 NFL picks. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. 
And I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the hashtag football Friday edition for hour number two, right here, real live in living color on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena's Girl McGee on the IG. And we have less than an hour left this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Coming up, we'll have our homegirl, Colin Mills, from the Pac-12 Network and Locked On Warriors podcast. She'll join us uh, coming up. We'll, and later on in the hour, we'll have Christine Manico with her Week 8 NFL picks. Lakina, as we were 
we await Kylan. Let's uh, talk about last night's Thursday night football contest between, as we talk about the, a little bit of National Football League for a few minutes. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did battle last night in Raymond James Stadium. The Baltimore Ravens improved their record to 5-3 and three with a 27-22 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, of course, Tampa Bay is now 3-5 and five on the season. Baltimore improves their record to five and three. Lamar Jackson, 27 to 38, 238 yards in two touchdowns. His quarterback rating was a stellar 104.9. In the running back department, uh, Mr. Edwards have 11 carries for 65 yards. And Mr. Likely in the receiving department for Baltimore, six catches with 77 yards and a big touchdown. Kenyon Drake had four catches and also a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, Likely was definitely uh, the player of the game uh, last night. He stepped in when Mark Andrews got hurt with a shoulder injury, so he had mm -hmm. to uh, he had to step in. Of course, the rookie out of Coastal Carolina. If you guys remember the Shanta Clears, I remember him. Saw him a couple of times um, in college, but yeah, you know he was you know kind of showed. You know, look, he helped you know that key touchdown uh, in the for, in the the first you know mm -hmm. series in the first series in the second half for them. And look, they, that's kind of like, that's sort of helped them turn the corner. I think they realized, the Ravens realized, because they had like, left a couple of points on the board that Bucks, the Bucks can't score. So, you know, that that sort of helped them. Your know, defense kind of kicked it up. I know that um, I know that uh, Gus Edwards got hurt, got hurt also too, Rashad Bateman. So, you know, likely mm -hmm. was definitely the unlikely hero, as if you will, you know, for the Ravens. And the defense, you know, definitely had, you know, stepped a little bit late. Now, as far as the Bucks, you know, look, you take the win of your Baltimore, you know, you're five and three now. You get a few days, uh, you get about a week and a half off for your next game. So mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about that. And everybody can heal up. Now, as far as the Bucks are concerned, you don't know what's happening. I know the news about Tom Brady and you know Giselle, you know, they've officially finalized the divorce. So you gotta think that played a little bit of a factor too. As our uh my friend, uh, our buddy Jay Washington said, who was a comedian out in LA, he said this could only go two ways now that the divorce is finalized. Either he, I'm talking about Brady, either he, you know, stays up the rest of the season or probably has his best numbers in years. Those are the only two ways that, you know, that yeah. they can go with that. So we'll see if, if look, we'll talk about it uh, on our next segment with uh, Christine. But uh, there's a matchup that's coming up in the NFC South that could be for first place. So, yeah, who would have, yeah, who would have thunk it? We'll get to that. Like I said, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But, you know, the Bucks, you hope they can figure it out. I mean, the, not not just that. Yeah, I know Shaq Barrett. I think Torres Achilles, so he's going to be done for the year. I I don't know what else. I don't know what the answer is if you're the Bucks. I mean, there's just too many things happening. You know, whether it's inside, outside, folks are still guys are still in the Super Bowl hangover. I I don't know. Yeah, here here's the thing with Tampa Bay. Uh, we all can blame Tom Brady. Uh, for, for having the lack of focus and whoever thought that we had those words coming out of our mouths, but uh, it's a lack of fo focus with Tom Brady. Of course, a couple of weeks ago in there in Pittsburgh, he attended a wedding uh, mm -hmm. uh, of Robert Kraft and usually if you're a road team going in uh, uh, the night before you basically on lockdown, you can't get away mm -hmm. with it. And of course we all know what knew what happened uh, during training camp. He had those basically two weeks off, but the defense, as we said, Lakina, you can bend it before it breaks, but the offense for Tampa Bay has been struggling all year. Mm -hmm. uh, they haven't got anything going. Because remember, uh, Leonard Fournette, who has had his moments so far this year, he came into camp out of shape. 
And so there's a lot of uh, funky things are going on around. Of course, I remember Chris, our girl Christine said that uh, Tampa would miss the playoffs. I asked her, are you sure? She said, yeah, too much drama. It may, that prediction may come into fruition. Now you're three and five. Is it over for them? No, but the way they've been playing, it seems like it's over. But we still have a, 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 a long way to go. That, that's a long Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, yeah, from two years ago. Remember last year, uh, they damn near came from behind. Mm -hmm. uh, the, to beat the Rams, a uh, uh, nice comment there, Lamont. But it's just uh, something's not right with Tampa. It, it, I think it's fair to question that Brady's all in, and I don't think he is. Well, also too, he's now the most sacked quarterback in NFL history. So I, I honestly, you know, we know the O line was going to have issues. Of course, you know, Ryan Jensen got hurt, and you know, a couple other guys got hurt, and you know, one guy, one of their key guys left. So you know, they were going to have problems even before then. Now the defense is having issues. Bear, who's probably their best defender or one of their best defenders, he's done for the year. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know what else you can say at this point if you're, if you're, you know, the Bucks. I mean, you know, Vita Veal, you know, of course he's going to be, you know, forever in lore because he sacked Tom Brady, you know, to break that yeah. record. But, uh, but he needs to do more. And all the other, guys, you got, you got, they got some young guys on there. Look, you got, De you know, De Devin White, you, you know, but you got like, you know, and Vila, but you got a lot of other, you know, kind of like guys that just aren't stepping up and. That's been another problem for Tampa. So if you're Todd Bowles, you're, you're, you know, the onus is on you. And I know that some people kind of bring up, oh, they miss Bruce Arians. It's a little bit, you know, bigger than that. I think head coach Todd Bowles has been put in a tough position. Of course, uh, the the standards were raised uh, uh, when they won the Super Bowl two years ago, and Bruce Arians was a head coach. We know that we know that Brady and Arians didn't get along, and Todd Bowles has to be the peacemaker and all this. But he's been put in a tough position. Oh, you got to be like Bruce Arians and win a Super Bowl. You got to be uh, how you go to walk around eggshells around Brady in this and that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's been unfair. But he's Todd Bowles has been around the block before. He coached in New York with the Jets. Almost got to the playoffs his first year before things fell apart. The next couple of years he got the axe, but he has a better talent around him that's just not performing right right now. So it's just a little bits and parts of why Tampa Bay is not is not performing up to par right now. Well, I think if you're learning for now, you can't blame it on him. I, mean, I know you know we all made fun of him for coming to camp, mm -hmm. you know, overweight, but he's actually been pretty solid for uh, the Bucks. So you wonder, like, should he begin the ball a little bit more and, and whatnot? Julio Jones has been mm -hmm. MIA. I know he's been hurt the last few weeks, but. One of the reasons why you brought him in is so that, you know, for Brady to have extra targets. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like, you know, the thing here with Tampa, can they right the ship? S sure. They still got time to do it. That's still a very winnable division. But, you know, can mm -hmm. they and can they and will they execute? That's a whole different thing. Yeah, can they? They can, but... It the way that they've been playing over the last few weeks, uh, they don't give you much confidence. You, at least with a, a team that's struggling, at least they're trying. You'll you see signs here or there. I just don't see it with Tampa Bay right now. I don't. Now, on the flip side for Baltimore, uh, they have a pretty uh, easy schedule in terms of um, their uh, the records of their opponents until the end of December when they had to face Cincinnati. I know they have their own injury issues we'll get to in just a moment, but Baltimore can – Almost run the table and win the AFC North. Yeah, they can. I mean, they got uh, that. They're they're you know they got the Saints. You know, at the Saints, they got the, you know the Panthers, the Jags, the Broncos, the Steelers, and you know the Browns. I know, I know that uh, Deshaun Watson will be back by then. They've got a, a buy. They already had their buy. I, I think they have, no. I think they haven't had their buy yet. But no, they, their buy is cut up after the Saints game next week. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I think you got look. 
if they don't screw up offensively, Greg Roman, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I, I, I think they should be okay. I think run the ball when you need to and when you have to, and then pass the ball and let Lamar, you know, be Lamar and such, you know. I heard several call, you know, I think, you know, John Harbaugh needs to sometimes, you know, put his, put his foot down and say, no, you know what? No, we're not doing that. So I, I if he may have to put his foot down with some of the offensive, you know, plays and such, but if they can kind of get it together there, use the bye week that's kind of after the Saints game to kind of like, you know, adjust some things. I mean, they should be okay in the mm-hmm. AFC North because everyone else is struggling. You know, Cincinnati Trey will get to them in a second because they got a big injury. The Browns, you know, they've got some old, their own issues and, and such. So mm-hmm. they should be okay. Yeah, Baltimore should be okay. Lamar Jackson, as we mentioned, he had a, a, a very good performance last night, 104 uh, quarterback rating. It looks like he's starting to get into four. Of course, remember, he missed most of last year due to COVID and other various injuries. So Baltimore should be able to get on a roll uh, in that AFC North and take control of their division. We mentioned Cincinnati with their injury issues. Pittsburgh is rebuilding. Cleveland, they think they're still hanging around until Deshaun Watson returns in a few weeks. So uh, it, it's 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 the it's, it's a division for Baltimore to lose, and that victory, uh, big victory on the road last night, uh, will probably go a long way if they if they, if they do what they're supposed to do. And I think that's been a thing. When you think that they should do what they're supposed to, they don't. And when they don't, when they <laughs> think that they don't do, they actually do. So you know that's just how. It's a weird, I, I guess, but that, that's football for you. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the Kingdom of Geese, Cindy Brown with you here. Um, talking some uh, um, NFL now. Now, there was a, a couple of, uh, let me see, there was like something that came up here. Now, there's some big injury issues with uh, Cincinnati. We'll, we'll go, we'll say the AFC North here. Jamar Chase with that uh, hip flexor, he's going to be gone for about four to six weeks. That's that's a big loss mm-hmm. if you're the Bengals. So, you know, can they you know get together? Is the super you know the Super Bowl hangover is real? They've had their struggles. They're still right there in that division. But Chase's injury, you got to think that's going to be a that's a big deal. Yeah, I know he had a slow start to the to the season right here in 2022. I know Tyler Boyd uh, has picked it up the last couple of weeks. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow uh, came off of a career game last week, throwing for near 500 yards, and now that's going to be. A, a big loss. Everybody else got to pick it up, especially in the receiving department, not just Tyler Moore with T Higgins as well. So Joe Mixon, uh, the running back, he has to pick up a little bit more. It's going to have to be a group effort. And Jamar Chase, as we saw last year on Cincinnati surprise runs to the Super Bowl, that uh, he picked up a lot of coverage, especially late in the year, which opened it up, opened up uh, the other guys' names I just mentioned. So that's going to be a huge loss for Cincinnati. And right now, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, that offensive line is still suspect at times. So now you expect teams like Cleveland and everybody else is going to play them going forward to uh, hunt down Mr. Burrow a whole lot more now with that number one target uh, on, their, on the shelf. Yeah, that's going to be a big thing there, of course. You know, going to the Bears, uh, a big trade, you know, went down. And uh, Robert Quinn, who we all, look, we all, I think, were predicted that they were, you know, they were, the Bears were, mm-hmm. were going to trade him at some point. He ended up going to Philadelphia. They get that extra uh, pass rush help, which they uh, they do need. That's probably one of the few weaknesses for Philly. Mm-hmm. And they get a fourth round pick. Now Philly is gonna. Now the Bears are gonna take some of uh, Quinn's salary for this year, and of course, the Eagles will pick up his salary for the rest of you know, the next two years of his contract. Now, what do you think about that trade? I mean, I mean, I know some you know Bears fans are heard some of the pundits say, well. He probably should have. They probably should have gotten more, but I think the fact that they had to take some of that money 
I think you know they probably yeah. had to eat up some of that salary for this year. I think that's probably why they couldn't get a, a a second round or a third round like some people were predicting. So, what do you think about that trade? Uh, I thought it was a fair trade. Uh, so we talked about over the summer, Lakina. The Bears, um, sh- you sh- you knew they you know that they wanted a second round pick or a third round pick at best, but um. Uh, that was Robert Quinn's uh, true value around the league. Uh, he's an older player. Those 18 and a half sex should be nothing to sneeze at, but he's not in his prime anymore. And so you saw that true value uh, of what he was worth to the open market. Philadelphia decided to take a chance on him. And uh, I think they're going to be rewarded. Like you said, Lakina, the Bears, they weren't in salary cap hell, but they, they, like you said, they're going to have to take some of that, uh, that sal- salary, and that's what's happening right now. They're going to have more salary cap room as the offseason uh, goes on. We have our guest, our homegirl from Chicago. She's doing big things now for the Pac-12 Network. Uh, we love, we loved her when she joined us last year around this time. So it may be a kind of a, tra- tra- a tradition thing, like you know, around mm-hmm. Halloween. Maybe we'll 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 see what happens with that. Uh, without further ado, uh, she's now with the Pac-12 Network, and she's the co-host of the Locked On Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Network. Here's our homegirl from Chicago, Miss Kylan Mills. Kylan, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Sorry for my tardiness. I had to take my husband to the airport, but glad to see you guys and continue the tradition of apparently coming on every October. Well, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's start with the Warriors here. So you're the co-host of Lockdown Warriors yeah. uh, podcast. Now, what you think? You know, they had a they had a pretty mixed week. I mean, they lost to the, the Suns. You know, that was a tough one. You know, Clay got tossed for the first. I think that's the first time in his career that he got tossed. Yeah. Oh yeah. So no, he wasn't very was. happy. I saw he was not very happy at all. But they got a nice bounce back win against the Heat. So with all this stuff, you know, we know how competitive the West is. So. The Warriors, are they the team to beat in the West? Um, I don't think the Warriors are the team to beat right now. I think they will become the end of the season. I mean, the biggest thing with Golden State is that their second unit and a lot of their young players are still trying to figure out. And that's what we saw on Tuesday night. That second unit really struggled, especially defensively, um, defensive transition plays. Um, and I think they're still just trying to find a rhythm because a lot of these young players the Warriors have are now taking on much bigger roles with the departure of Nemanja Bialica, Otto Porter Jr., and Gary Payton II. Those were three role players for the Warriors last season who did bring some veteran experience. They all left, and that means bigger roles now for James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody. And those three are all still trying to learn how to play with each other, um, really adjust to the system that the Warriors are playing, even though they do have one season under their belts, they didn't take on as big of a role as they're being expected to take on um, this season. And then you also have new players like Dante DiVincenzo, who's out currently, but previously had been playing. And then Jamichael Green, who still are new to the system at the end of the day, even though they do have more experience than some of those Warriors youngsters. Um they're still learning to play together. They're trying to learn Steve Kerr's system and, and style. So I think there's a lot of adjustments mostly going on within the second unit because when you looked in that game on Tuesday, like the Warriors uh, starters, I mean, all putting up really, really strong numbers. Andrew Wiggins had another great game. They were all like plus 15, plus double digits, yet the Warriors lost. And it was largely due to the um, second unit. And that's something Steve Kerr pointed out after the game. And he said that he felt like there wasn't enough effort and defensive intensity from that second unit. Um, And also just a lot of miscommunication and simple mistakes. Um, The good news is that they really turned it around last night, especially in the second half. Like that's Mm -hmm. when I feel like there was like a noticeable turning point um, in the way the Warriors were playing, the aggression they were playing with. 
Um, and the Heat is still a big win because the Heat, you know, should be contenders this season in the East as well, or it should be competitive. They're definitely a playoff team at the very least. Um, so a positive result yesterday, but I still think it's going to take the Warriors some time to find their footing um, and to really get some of this young core together. You talk about the chemistry on the court, Kylan. Let's go to uh, behind closed doors in the locker room. We know what happened between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole uh, during the preseason. Do you think the Warriors will get past it uh, uh, behind closed doors? Do you think they're past it, or do you think they just use it as um, motivation to uh, push them, push themselves through this regular season? It's a great question because, you know, I think everyone in the world is wondering what's going on behind the Warriors closed doors and exactly what happened in light of Draymond Green's punch of Jordan Poole and exactly how those discussions went. Ultimately, Jordan Poole came forward. He said he's past it. He said that he just wants to move on. He wants to play basketball. He wants to focus on winning. But I think what we've seen in a little bit of the locker room interactions for those of us who are there, in addition to kind of what you're watching on the bench, there's still a little bit of awkwardness in that relationship between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. And I still do think Draymond Green has a ways to go to really earn the trust back of not just Jordan Poole, but some of his teammates. And that's something that got reiterated by the Warriors, all the players, the coaches who talked in the immediate aftermath of, of the punch was that, you know, it's going to take some time to fully earn that trust back. Um, so it doesn't happen overnight. I think that everyone is on the same page and that they want to move forward, but it's still going to take some time for things to be, you know, a hundred percent back to normal. Um, but I think that what the Warriors are focused on doing right now is not letting that focus their play on the court and to make sure that that chemistry on the court um, is still as strong as it has been the last several seasons. Um, and I think they've done a good job of that. Like I haven't noticed anything, you know, between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, at least, you know, on the floor and the way they play, you know, in immediacy on the bench. I just think, you know, they're not best buds in the locker room right now necessarily, uh, but they're just focused on trying to win. And for me, the chemistry that, you know, the Warriors are really focused on doing or really focused on improving rather is, like I said, that second unit and really figuring out how to incorporate some of the new guys. Steve Kerr has talked about trying to figure out the right combinations of players um, and so I think that everyone's just really trying to focus on basketball in order to kind of put that behind them to move forward from that incident. But, you know, of course, like I said, some of the awkwardness, it's going to take some time. It doesn't happen overnight. And I'm sure there's still a little bit of that, but like everyone's just focused on winning now that we're really getting into the heart of the season or, you know, getting some games under their belt. I think they're just trying to use basketball, you know, to really try to move forward. Well, and Poole got that nice, you know, sweet new contract too. So I'm sure he probably definitely wants to put that. Behind. Yeah, he might have wants to put that behind. And now Steph Curry has, you know, he had a, he had a great summer. Finally, won Finals MVP. Finally, I know he. That's been something that I think he's wanted for years. Especially they yeah. feel vindicated too with you know KD. You know, even though they won one before KD got there. So of course they, you know, everyone thought that the Warriors were done for. He got his degree from Davidson. He got his jersey retired. So. What what's next? What do you think? You know, next for Steph, I mean, more more titles, more anything. I know, I know, he feels like he's not done yet. So the fact that he's still shooting as good as he is at his age, at thirty four, I mean, it, it's just phenomenal. It really is phenomenal, and it's another great great question: is what's next for Steph Curry? I mean, a lot of people are joking about how he needs to now go get an Olympic gold medal, or you know, like trying to come up with extraneous <laughs> awards that Steph Curry hasn't yet won that he still needs to win. And there really isn't a list because once he did get that Finals MVP, that was something that meant a lot to him and was you know I think huge for the legacy in his career. 
Um, and something that he kept saying after the, the championship and that MVP uh, title was, what are they going to say now? What are they going to say now? I mean, really, what are they going to say now? Because Steph Curry has won every award across the board. And like you said, he is continuing to shoot just so incredibly well. Um, something that he actually talked about last night after the game when asked about his four 30-point performance in five games was what's next. And he just said that he wants to continue playing basketball at a high level. And he said, maybe stupidly, but I believe that can happen for years to come. Um, so Steph Curry doesn't seem to be any closer to slowing down, any closer to even considering retirement um, at 34 years old. So, I mean, Dub Nation, super excited to hear that. But as far as what else, I think just racking up more titles, more rings, um, continuing to – cement his legacy and I'm sure he'll be passing up some other folks if he does collect a couple more rings um so at this point I think just winning more championships and having fun and continuing to play at a high level but I thought it was interesting Steph Curry thinks that he has several more years of really peak basketball left in him and based on what we're seeing right now he's absolutely right I think the Warriors are going to have to manage his minutes a little bit more carefully this season but as far as his level of play it doesn't seem to have dropped off at all. And if anything, a lot of the players actually, it's another talking point that came up last night in post game was that a lot of players think Steph is still improving and is still elevating his game. He's really developed into more of a two-way player. I know he laughs about being called a two-way player, but he's really elevated his defensive game, um, his facilitating on the floor. We saw last night uh, he assisted Clay Thompson on four of his six buckets. Um, so he really makes an effort to try to get other guys involved. And so Steph Curry is still evolving, which is really exciting and fun to watch. And his teammates think he's still going to play at an even higher level in the next couple seasons to come, including this season. And Steph Curry, he says he's ready to go for several more years. So enjoy the show. <laughs> We're hanging out with Chicago's very own all-homegirl, Colin Mills from the Pac-12 Network and co-host of the Lot Don't Warriors podcast right here on Second City Sports, the Friday edition. Sid Kenny here with you on Sports Zone Chicago. Colin, let's switch over to football. The San Francisco 49ers, they lose Trey Lance uh, uh, early on in the season. Jimmy Garoppolo is still the quarterback, but uh, they traded for Christian McCaffrey. They get smacked around by the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they got a tough game against the Rams this coming week. They beat the Rams um, – once this season on Monday Night Football, what is your uh, take on the on the 49ers right now? Do you think they still are a threat to win the NFC West and perhaps go deep in the playoffs in the NFC? One thing that I've learned is don't count the 49ers out either because I look back mm -hmm. to kind of a little bit of deja vu from last season because the 49ers started the season three and five last year. And I remember it was like total panic here in the Bay Area. Like mm -hmm. people were freaking out. The media was freaking out um, that the 49ers were done. They were out. There's no way they were going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And then they made it to yet another NFC championship. So um, I'm going to like hit pause on myself a little bit um, for to, to panic or anything like that based on the way they've started. Um, I think there's no doubt the defense is banged up and that's something that we saw um, in this last week's game and is, and is part of the reason why the defense struggled so much um, against the Chiefs. As far as moving forward, I think that it's really exciting to have Christian McCaffrey in this offense. I mean, it's going to be really hard. He's going to, he should open up a lot of things for this offense because what are defenses going to, how are they going to stop Christian McCaffrey? They can't double Christian McCaffrey because then you've got George Kittle and then you've got Debo Samuel. And those are two stars, or those are three rather stars in this league. And you can't, it's going to be really hard for teams to stop all three of them at once. Another thing that head coach Kyle Shanahan has talked about is his ability to use Christian McCaffrey in 
a utility role. He doesn't see him as just a running back. He lines him up in the slot. He'll line him up at wide receiver. He'll make catches. And that's something kind of similar to Debo Samuel. And when you have two players who are so dynamic like that, you never know where they're going to be on the field, where they're going to go. I think that a lot of the short pass game will open up for Christian McCaffrey as well as a result of all these weapons around him. Um, So I think the 49ers offense is going to be really exciting to watch moving forward. Um, I'd like to see them get a little bit more healthy defensively. And then aside from getting healthy, like that defensive effort last week was just embarrassing. And that's something that defensive coordinator Mika Ryan's just called unacceptable. Um, but theoretically and on paper, the 49ers defense should be very strong. And I do think they'll figure it out. Um, and that's kind of what my feeling is on the big picture about this team. I think they'll figure it out. Don't count them out. Um, they seem to have the Rams number. Uh-oh, dogs are seeing someone outside. Um, they seem to have a Rams number. So I do expect the 49ers to win this Sunday. If they don't, then I'll maybe start to worry. You can get those dogs to play on the defensive line for the Chicago Bears this Sunday right, against yeah. the Cowboys. Oh. <laughs> like those, well, yeah, those, those dogs, I tell you. But, uh, yeah, you actually just answered my question about the, the San Fran defense, uh, Kylan, because, you know, Nick Nick Bosa, I remember uh, some of the comments that he made, you know, saying that you know, the, 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 the effort was awful against the Chiefs last Sunday. So, you know, what yeah. what do you think? You know, is it, is it health? Is it just because they had, you know, the consistency of it? So what do you think is wrong? Because they're actually one of the top defenses in the league, but I guess the, you know, Pat Mahomes kind of just, you know, threw the ball like crazy. You know, the, the, the running backs for the Chiefs, you know, just ran all over the uh, uh, 49ers defense. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question because, like you said, I mean, on paper and based on the way they played in the, played in the past, this should be a defense that is one of the best in the league, which is why I think Sunday was such an anomaly. I mean, to me, it just seemed like, and that's something that Bosa and, and others talked about, they were just saying it was just like a lack of effort, like mentally not being in the game, just like flat out missing coverages, not making tackles, like just poor execution, like pretty simply um, is how they put it, because there's no doubt that there's a talent level on the 49ers to put together a much better showing than what we saw. It was just simply not executing, not mentally being in the game. Like I said, just like missing your coverage, not being in the spots, missing tackles. It just was like one thing after another. I also kind of felt like it snowballed a little bit in that game and to where like one or two things went wrong and then more things went wrong. And then you saw players with their heads down, or at least that's what I noticed. You know, you didn't see that same fire from the 49ers defense that we're used to seeing. And then, you know, once you get down on yourselves, I feel like they kind of checked out. Um, and I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is a very, very talented quarterback and, and he does a good job of leading that chiefs offense, but still like based on how good the 49ers defense should be, it was just very uncharacteristic and you'd have to think they're going to show up and play much better this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Heading down the whole search with our homegirl, Colin Millsville. Now the PAC 12 network and co-host of a lot. Don't worry. This podcast right here on second city sports, the Friday edition of sports on Chicago. See the King hanging out here with you. Uh, Kylan, let's uh, get to the fun stuff. Uh, we have you uh, last year. You were covering the warriors on their championship run. Uh, you, you traveled to the city of Boston to cover their series. Uh, cover cover that that series. How how did the city of Boston treat you, and what was that experience life uh, like uh, in in the city of Boston? And then uh, coming back to San Francisco to cover that parade. Oh yeah! Wow, the Boston experience. You're gonna take me back a little bit. Um, it was interesting. So, not gonna lie, the fans were pretty fiery. Um, they were what you hear that Boston fans are like. But I still like wasn't ready and wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like for example, so my husband also works in sports media. He works for KPIX mm-hmm. for the CBS affiliate here in San Francisco. He was doing a live shot out in the crowd outside of I can't remember which game it was, but outside of one of the outside of TD Garden before one of the games, maybe like a half hour before tip. 
And some guy like came up behind him and like threw a cigarette butt on him, spit oh, on wow. him. Like, whoa. Oh my gosh. While he was live um, and like yelled something. I don't remember what he yelled, but you know, warriors, whatever, some kind of stupid stuff uh, that people yell. So like these fans were pretty hostile. Like that's was one of my biggest takeaways from the trip was that like, this was like no other environment that I've been in, um, in the NBA or even in professional sports. And then you guys, you know, we saw some of the jarring with the t-shirts being sold and yeah. you know, back and forth with Steph Curry and all that. And like, that was all in good fun, but like there were some fans out there that were pretty brutal. And like, another thing that really shocked me was I remember game three coming in and sitting down and immediately the FU Draymond, Draymond trans stan- mm-hmm. chance started breaking out. So FU Draymond was something that was chanted throughout both games uh, that were played games three and four that were played in Boston. Um, and like, to me, that's taking it to another level. Like when you're dropping F bombs um, and like directing them at a certain player. And like, that's something mm-hmm. Draymond talked about after, you know, after both those games was that he felt like it was crossing the line. His kids were in the arena. Um, yeah. There are children in the arena. So like, to me, it was like definitely taken up another notch of anything I'd ever seen. And, and to me a little bit over the line. I mean, like I said, when I talk about what happened to my husband, or like I said, some, these chants where there were F-bombs being screamed. Like it was just something I've never experienced before. Literally the entire stadium is just yelling F you to one person um, using the expletive. And it was just Mm. pretty wild uh, to be honest. But I will say game four was really fun to watch because the Warriors just absolutely sucked the air out of TD Garden with their play. I mean, it was so entertaining to see, how you know loud the crowd came into the game and how energized the crowd came into the game and by the end they were leaving you know before the game even ended they were they were checking out uh, early in the fourth quarter um so that was kind of fun to watch but i will say the fans were you know it was it was pretty intense <laughs> well let's let's end on a lighter note here uh you're with the pac 12 network now I, I heard you do a couple of women's soccer games you're you're doing play by play you did an awesome job as always hey. oh what, thank you what are you looking forward to with the winter sports coming up? I know you're, I know you're at uh, Pac-12 Media Day with the with the women's uh, hoops, and I think I'm sure you're going to be doing some uh, men's basketball as well. So, what are you looking forward to? You know, teams to look out for, players to look out for. What, what, where haven't you visited the Pac-12 arenas that you haven't visited yet that you hope to get to do so soon? Yeah, um, so I'm really excited about the basketball season. Um, Yeah, so I've kind of transitioned into covering college sports, which I love college sports and the Pac-12, still a super competitive conference. Um, It's unfortunate, you know, the UCLA and USC are leaving, and that's something that came up in both men's and women's basketball media days. And, and, you know, the conversation that really came up was just how the college sports landscape is changing. This really is turning into there's going to be two, three super conferences, um, and then, you know, everyone else is going to be left to fend for themselves, or at least that's the way it seems that this is going to be a, a super conference type of, you know, type of environment in college sports in, in not too long or not too far away. Um, but I think that the Pac-12 will continue to thrive here on the West Coast. As far as teams to watch, I mean, I specifically have covered a lot of women's sports. And so um, for me, like one of my favorite teams is Stanford, their women's basketball team, yeah. I think will compete for a championship again. So any women's basketball fans out there, you've got to watch the NCAA this year because it is going to be really, really competitive. Stanford absolutely should run it back. They've got two All-Americans and Pac-12 Players of the Year, one named by the media, one named by the coaches, and Cameron Brink and Haley Jones. Um, and they're two of the best players in college basketball, both up for the Naismith Award. Um, we're, both were finalists last season, and I'm sure we'll be finalists again this season. Um, they're coming in the season ranked number two. And then you also have Arizona, and Adia Barnes yeah. has done a fantastic 
job with that program. Everyone watched their run through the NCAA tournament, and they're coming back hungry again as well. Um, so for me, I think Pac-12 women's soups is super, super deep, um, and I'm really excited to see what happens. Um, on the men's side, I don't know, you know, so I mostly focus on women's sports, but I will say that I have been a fan of UCLA. My yeah. husband gets really mad and he doesn't want to watch UCLA because he's a UC Bearcats fan and Mick Cronin laughs. I'm allowed to I watch imagine, UCLA yeah. in my house. Uh, he holds a grudge, my husband does, because like I said, he's a diehard UC fan. Um, but I do like what he's done with the program at UCLA, and I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um and then also another team that I actually have my eye on is Washington. They brought in the Kentucky transfer, Keon Brooks. And I think Keon Brooks is a nice player. It's just so hard to get the minutes that you want with that Kentucky program because they're yeah. so, so talented. But I think he could be like a breakout star this season. So that's another team that I kind of circled because I was like, I think he's really going to make an impact. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I think they're. Yeah, I think they're you know, expected to finish. I think like near the top of the Pac-12. I'm not mistaken. So you never know; things could happen. Yeah. So uh, we gotta get your get your husband on too. Tell your husband, you know, he should you know come join yes. us. We'll have to talk sports with him. I'll let, yeah, I'll let him know. So he actually is heading out of town to a bachelor party this weekend in Vegas. I was dropping him off. Uh oh, oh dear. I was running late, but I will let him know next time or hook you guys up to get him on on his own. But uh, yeah. Pray for me, because he's going to be in Vegas this weekend. So, oh dear, oh. <laughs> yeah, Stay out of trouble. Stay yeah. out of trouble. A bunch yeah, of thirty-year-old men in Vegas. I don't want to know what's going to happen. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's better you don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah a couple you. of things. Yeah, a couple of things uh, quickly before we let you go, Kylan. Uh, great job. I saw your pictures of you and Charlie at, at the wedding here in Chicago. Ah. Great job wearing that Bulls dress. That Yay. was solid. Two thumbs up to that. Uh, quickly, how did that come about? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so for our wedding, we did actually do a, a major ode to the Chicago Bulls. It was our entrance to our reception, um, and we knew we wanted to incorporate sports because, like I said, we're both sports people. We're not just fans. Right. We're broadcasters. It's our careers. It's our lives. Um, and so listen to this. So my husband's actually from Cincinnati. He grew up a Pacers fan. I've, I want to say successfully converted him to a Chicago Bulls fan, so... Go me. Um, <laughs> and so one thing that, and he grew up and he obviously grew up and he was a fan of Michael Jordan as well, which I was a kid in the nineties. And like how any kid who played and my husband played basketball, how did you not like Michael Jordan? So he like, wasn't a super hard sell, but anyways, we want to do something to incorporate sports. And like, it actually was my idea that I came up, came up with. I was like, well, what if we do something in our reception um, entrance? Like what if we both wear jerseys and, I don't know, just in discussion, it kind of came about that we got vintage, like we thrifted. Actually, we went to like thrift shops, ordered off eBay. Ooh. We got a bunch of like thrift, mm -hmm. old school Chicago Bulls warm up jackets. And everyone in our bridal party wore like Chicago Bulls warm ups for the entrance. And then we actually played Serious, the Chicago Bulls theme song. And that was the song that played <laughs> when they announced like our entire oh bridal God. party and me and Charlie. So it was so much fun. Um, but yeah, we're Bulls fans, so we had to do something. Oh, I, I'm sure oh, your dog's a Bulls fan too. So, oh, okay, yeah, I, think he, I think he wants to go for a walk. I think, Kylan. So, we'll, we'll let you go on that note. You can catch Kylan. Uh, what's your going to be your first game, you know, calling on uh, for the Pac 12? Well, on the basketball side, at least, or do you have like other stuff coming up? 
Uh, yeah, I've, I'm just like honestly super busy. So one thing is that I've really transitioned into doing a lot more play-by-play and analyst work. So I actually still have women's soccer. I've got a women's soccer game coming up on Sunday. Stanford is hosting Colorado. Next week, I'm doing like a Division II women's soccer tournament. I'm doing sideline for um, college football and NBC Sports Bay Area. And then I'm also calling a women's volleyball game for Santa Clara University, which is hosting BYU, which is the fifth-ranked women's volleyball team in the country. So I'm just super busy right now. I haven't even gotten to – I know it's media days, but, like, the Pac-12 bat, like, actual conference basketball doesn't start till December. And, you know, right now they I've got some non-conference games I'll be doing, but I'm just trying to get through the next two weeks. I've got four games next weekend, <laughs> one this weekend. So um, – and one other thing I really want to say is that, you know, we need to get more women doing play-by-play, doing analyst yes. work. Like, that's something mm-hmm. that, like – there are some really awesome women that work in the Pac-12 conference. Um, Ann Schatz is one of them who just won yeah. an Emmy and was out here for media day. And she's such a huge inspiration to me. And she was kind of having this conversation with me and that, you know, continuing to try to break the barriers. And Lisa Byington is someone you might know yes. who does Bucks games and also yes. Big Ten Network. But, you know, women like that really paving the way um, has been cool to see and is really kind of given me the push that I needed to try to start doing more analyst work and more play-by-play work, which has been a lot of fun. But, you know, there's still definitely room for more talented women to get into it. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. That's our girl, Kylan Mills from Pat Toyo Network. She's also the co-host of the Locked On Warriors podcast. You can catch that podcast wherever you get your podcast. Our girl is coming up next, but we'll tell Christine uh, Manica that you said hello. And uh, yes, make Christine. Sure, yeah, yeah. Wait, so we'll, we'll bring, let's bring her on right no, now. We'll bring her in. Can we bring her in real quick? Yeah, we can bring her uh, on right now. Okay. Christine yeah. Manica from KXRB. Uh, she's coming up next with our week nine, uh, week eight at Weather oh, NFL. Don't get ahead Christine. of yourself now. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? My goodness. Yeah, we want you. Uh, want you to say hello to Kylan since it's been a while since uh, we brought her on. Hello, it's been a while. Hello, how are you? I love that beach that you're at. It looks so beautiful. It's Laguna, actually. Oh no, kidding! <laughs> it's Laguna, yes. That is actually a really beautiful beach. Um, one thing that's funny that people don't understand is like. We go to the beach every now and then, but it's like mm-hmm. sweatshirt weather here in the Bay Area. We don't get to like right. go and lay out right. like in Southern California. It's I don't know. It's so always cool. funny. People don't realize that. Yeah, it's so cold. I went in the water and I got right out. I said, I can't believe it's so cold. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people do not realize that. It's freezing out here on the West Coast this time of year. The water is oh, it's so cold. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, real quick, Kylan. Uh, thanks for the shout out. I know you guys are still friends and still colleagues, even though you're at a different place now. Shouts out to you for uh, giving us the uh, a private set. We booked Kate Rooney uh, prior to the start yes. of the season when the 49ers played the Bears. I know you guys did great great work over there. So uh, uh, thumbs up to you for that. And you continue to keep up the great work. You're going to do some great things yeah. on the Pacto Network and on the Lot Don't Worries podcast. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having Kate Rooney on. My former coworker is still one of my close, close friends. And she kicks ASS when it comes to 49ers coverage. She's like, yes, she does. She's awesome. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you guys had her on. I was like, yes. All right. Um, <laughs> Cause she's just the best. Uh, but thank you guys again. It's been so fun to catch up and we need to do this again. Hopefully not waiting until next October. Right. That's true. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, yes. yeah, exactly. Also, Latulio, you know, tell Charlie, we want him on, you know, Okay. 
I'll yeah, tell yeah. Let, let, let's make, yeah. I'll tell let's make it happen. Let's make it Vegas, you guys will see. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's, that's a extra setup. I like that. I like, ooh, very clever, Kyla. Very clever. Extra setup. So, yeah. Thank you again. Continue the great work. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again. Yeah, let's, hope, let's not wait till next year. You know, hopefully, even. Yeah, that's that. what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> All right. We'll thanks, Kyla. Thanks, Kai. Take care. All right, that's Kylan Mills from the Pac-12 Network and Locked On Warriors podcast. Of course, you can check the Locked On Warriors podcast wherever you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, on whatever app store, you know, Google Play, Apple, whatever you uh, have you. But so we we we, we kind of need. To, I know we got to you know we got to just get right to it because we don't have you know we're kind of up against it, so we want to kind of just get right. So we got to go no huddle, yeah, because yeah. we got yeah. a lot to discuss with Christine after <laughs> these picks. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, so let's go um, no huddle with these picks. Yeah, let's, let's do it. We'll do an audible, audible here. Audible. Audible yes. time. And then, like I said, you know, we'll let, because let, we, we got a lot to talk with Christine. So uh, let's get right to it. I got the uh, schedule and uh, the standings. Uh, well, it, it, nothing really hasn't changed much. You know, look, you know, Sid, you're still ahead by like two games. You know, Christine, yes! you're behind. Yes. You're behind. <laughs> you, but you're right there, Christine. So you know, don't worry. And I'm like, I'm like lagging behind too, you know. The tie, you're you're ahead of me. The tie, Christine, because you got uh, better, more points than I do at this point. But you know, no worries. You know, what are the good numbers? What yeah. are the real numbers? Well, look, yeah, I'll say, yeah. You know, well, look, I mean, you know, we I didn't have a good week last week. I only had I only had six rights, so I, I didn't have the best. Uh, I didn't really have the best showing. I know you had seven, Christine. You know, Sid, you had I believe you had like eight or nine, Sid. I might, okay. I might be off here, you know, give or take. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm the one that's kind of lagging behind. So you guys. You know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably, you probably did have eight, yeah, you know, seven or eight, so uh, give or take, but uh, yeah, so, you know, definitely, uh, like I said, you're, you're still real right there with uh, with Sid, so, you know, don't even worry about it, but you're really halfway through the season, so still a lot to catch up, so we're coming for you, we're both coming for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's all about, but uh, you truly want some separation, I want it sooner rather than later. <laughs> well, it's gonna, well, barn burner, little... Sid, we're going to make it a barn burner. Yes, we yeah. are, yes, we are, that's, that's how we like it. Uh, Chiefs and Chargers are off on bye this week, yo. Know, so if you have Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, and uh, the the deep both the defenses, so adjust your fantasies accordingly. So we're getting right to it. Um, you got Broncos and Jags, yo. Know, this is gonna be the the last of the London games that'll be exclusively streamed on ESPN Plus. Christine, you start this one for us. I'm gonna go look. The memes about Russell Wilson, first of all, are hilarious. Yes, they are. Uh, he's working out. Everybody else is sleeping. He's working out. But, you know, it just shows his work ethic and his dedication to the team in a weird way. But yes. that's how I see it as. Um, you know, the, honestly, this can kind of go e- either way. I think the team is pretty evenly matched, if that's right to say. Um but when it comes to experience, and, and I think Russell has played abroad before, I, I think it's it's Russell that's going to know how to handle these types of situations. Um, now, the coach may not know how to handle it for Denver, but <laughs> when you got someone like Russell who's been around long enough and has been through something like this, you can kind of feed off of him and feed off of that energy. And Jacksonville is still a young team. Um, as well as Denver is in a way, but I, I think I got to go with Denver here based on j- just a veteran quarterback stance, you know, as crazy as it sounds, this could be an awful game. It honestly could be, <laughs> but I think, I think I got to go with Denver. 
Crazy things happen in London. Jacksonville's favorite by two and a half. Jacksonville's been there on the doorstep in these close games the last few weeks. I think this would be their breakthrough uh, game to finally get a, a win in that uh, win column. I'm going with Jacksonville. Oh boy, this is going to be a, a terrible game. You know, this, this last game this is going to be not going to be very good for all you folks who are going to be watching this on ESPN3 and also to oh, ESPN Plus, I should say, and also to uh, those who are going to be watching this in London. So I, I guess I'll pick the Jags, but look, like I said, take two and call me in the morning now. As I was teasing earlier in the hour, this is a game for first place in the NFC South. The Falcon, uh, the Panthers and the Falcons. So you start <laughs> this one. Uh, Atlanta's favorite by four points. Uh, the Panthers, they're gutting the team down. They're rebuilding. But like you said, Lakeen, this will be a battle for first place. We'll get to time. Uh, Christine saw us about Tom Brady coming up later. But uh, the Falcons, Lakeen, I thought just like the Bears would be one of the worst teams in the league. They're proving us wrong. Uh, they're not going to be as of right now. Marcus Mariota's playing solid at quarterback. Uh, Drake London is going to be a beast for them at wide receiver. Kyle Pitts hasn't gotten started yet. That second year tying in out of uh-huh. Florida. It's going to be a close game. I'm going with Atlanta because they're at home and they're the better team. I'm yeah. keep it short and sweet, Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same thing. I pick Atlanta. I mean, as much as I like, you know, PJ Walker and his story and such, but I, I think Atlanta's just a little bit better. And I, I know that's not saying much, but I think they're the better team. Let me write these. I'm making it easier on myself. I'm writing these down so that way I don't have to go back and listen to them. So I don't want it took me two years to think about that. I don't know why, but you know, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know, right? I know it's, it's weird how that works. But uh, Dolphins and Lions at one and five. I'll start this one. I know Tua Tua is still, you know, getting better. I know this is a noon game. The going up north are playing indoors. The Lions, you know, it was so nice when they were actually pretty solid to show a little bit of promise. So I'm gonna pick the Dolphins. I'm going with little Tua too. Let <laughs> go, Miami. <laughs> I might regret this one. I'm going with Miami. Miami's yeah. a three and a half point favor on the road. So basically, yeah. So basically, I say it's a pick 'em. So it could go either way here. Now, it should be an interesting one here. You got the three or four Cardinals going on the road for a noon slot against the Vikings coming off a bye. Said you start this one for us, please. I'll be watching this game its entirety via this computer screen, <laughs> and I'll be watching the Minnesota Vikings victory. <laughs> and Minnesota is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota loses this one because they, they still have Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but when it comes to the tools, the me- the mechanics, they had a bye week. They've had time to rest. They've had time to make some adjustments. I'm going with Minnesota. Short and sweet. I'm picking the Vikings. I know, you know, Arizona does tend to play very well in these noon games. You know, you know, Minnesota can off a bye. I think they were able to make those adjustments. They know that the NFC North is theirs, is theirs for the takings. So they can take it. So <laughs> I'm picking Minnesota. Another West Coast team, you know, traveling uh, for a new game. Got the Raiders and the Saints. Christine, you start this one. Raiders, keep it short and sweet. (laughs) I got a funny feeling about this one. It's going to be the Saints because they're at home. Speaking of Vegas, they're a point and a half favorite. Come on. Enough Uh, of you, young lady. (laughs) I mean, you have that much faith in him? Come on. Uh, well, yeah, I'm picking the Raiders, too, mainly because they're coming off a bye, and it looks like, you know, Devontae Adams won't be suspended, so I think that helps. I think he's just going to have a hefty fine, so that they don't have to worry about there. But uh, 
Interesting one here. Uh, three or four of the pa- uh, Patriots who come off a short week after a loss to the Bears against the Jets at five and two. I know they got a couple of uh, injuries, key injuries for the Jets, but I feel like the Patriots just aren't there. The Bears kind of exposed it. So um, I might regret this one. I'm picking the Jets. I'm with you. I'm picking the Jets too. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game and New England wins. But for now, I that's kind of my upset this week is the Jets. All right. The Jets should beat the Patriots, especially after what happened to New England on Monday Night Football. We review that later. Uh, but I'm going with the Calvin Cowherd method. The team that gets embarrassed, especially at home in primetime, usually bounces back the next week. Mac Jones will get the start for the Patriots. Bill Belichick won't be hesitant to pull out any tricks. I know what they did to, to the Jets last year at, at Light Stadium. The, yes, the Jets defense especially is a better team this year, but I'm stepping out going with New England. And New England's a two-and-a-half-point favor on the road. Okay, so they feel like they have no uh, no faith in uh the Jets, but okay, it should be interesting though, nonetheless, as it usually is between these two teams. Now, the Battle of Pittsburgh, you got the Steelers and the Eagles coming off a bye, still undefeated. Sid, you start this one for us. Short and sweet, CBS's number one crew is going to be there, so Tony Roman will throw flowers at Jalen Hurts and throwing <laughs> darts at uh, Mr. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Right. With that being said, it, uh, the Eagles are 11 and a half point favorites. They'll have World Series fever all over that town. I'm going with Philadelphia. Fly birds, fly eagles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, make this one. Jalen's my QB fantasy. Oh, okay. oh, look at you! You should, he should have a big day. <laughs> I know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I feel bad because the guy on face on my fantasy has him too. So yeah, I'm already uh, prepared for the loss. So, <laughs> but, but, but on this case, I am picking the Eagles. So, you know, they should be nice and fresh, and you know, the Steelers just aren't very good. Um, AFC South, you got the first of the three o'clock games. You know, this, is, this is the only one on CBS. I don't know if we're going to get this one here or not, but you got the Oh, Titans. we'll get it here in Chicago. <laughs> well, yeah, so, you know, Titans and Texans. Okay. Uh, I'll just say it, the Titans. They're coming off a bye, I think. So they should be nice and fresh. You know, Derrick Henry's going to have a big, you know, showing. He should be able to run through that uh, Texans uh, defense, I should say. Same here. I'm going to go with Tennessee. They're coming off a bye, and we'll see what they can do. It's going to be a closer game than what people expected. The Titans are two-and-a-half-point row favorites, and I'm jumping on that bandwagon, Titans. All right. Uh, Commanders and the Colts. Uh, new QB over in Indy. And, of course, you know, the Commanders are now three and four. Shaq Leonard, it looks like, will make, his, uh, st- make another start for his first start in, like, about a month. Okay, uh, I might hate. Okay, you know what? I might regret you know doing this, but I'll pick the Commanders. I'll hop on that bandwagon with really you, I'm going with Washington. Uh, Taylor Heineke, who was their quarterback when they lost to Tom Brady in the playoffs two years ago, he's actually playing better. You don't wish any injuries on anybody, but they're playing better since Carson Wentz uh, had, uh, got injured a couple weeks ago in Chicago. So uh-huh. I'm going with Washington. Well, let's be honest. Anybody is better than Carson Wentz. I know you can't stand it, but that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother thing. (laughs) The guy's a good guy, but man, he can't be a football player anymore. Um, But I feel, I feel bad for Matt Ryan. You know, Mm -hmm. Indianapolis gave him a lot of money, you know, to totally transform his, his entire career, all he's ever done has been with Atlanta, I think, for the longest yeah. time, mm-hmm. for yep. as long as I can remember. So I feel horrible that that this is the way that it is, but 
unfortunately just something isn't clicking with him right now but but taylor heineke something's clicking with him in the commanders so i'm gonna go with washington should be an interesting one here now this game should be interesting you got the 49ers and the rams uh i don't know america's game of the week (laughs) oh yeah i think we are gonna get this game here in chicago yes we are i believe Mm -hmm. oh in the bears game yep Right, so uh, the 49ers and the Rams, uh, shoot, we just had Kylan on, and I saw a Debo Samuel shirt with a hamstring injury. I know that defense has been a little bit, you know, banged up. The Rams are coming off a bye. This could be, I don't, Cam Akers is out. This will be a close one, though, a rematch of the NFC uh, title game. Uh, I think the Rams get the 49ers again, at least, at least on Sunday, I think they will, but I'm picking the Rams. I'm going to go 49ers. And I think the reason why I think they have a really good, strong offense now, especially with the addition of Christian McCaffrey. Um, It's kind of funny. I have to point this out because my mom's hilarious. She texted me last week and she's like, did you see what they did to poor Jimmy Garoppolo? (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, they got a new quarterback. It's Christian McCaffrey. I said, mom. He's a running back. Like, I'm like, oh, good old mom. I'm like, they added him because that he would be a strong asset to the team. This is a good thing. And then she's like, oh, well, yay for Jimmy. So, you know, she's like, oh, but I, just because I know the injuries that that's going to hurt them defensively. But I wouldn't count them out of this game. It's a great rivalry, um, yeah. and I'm I'm going with 49ers. Uh, the Rams are a one-and-a-half-point underdog Ooh, at home. Oh, of course, okay. yeah, so the Rams are coming off a bye week. Of course, San, San Francisco beat them early in the season on Monday Night Football. I just don't trust the 49ers just yet. I got a sneaky feeling that the Rams are going to come out better and, and squeak out a win. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers won it, but I just got a sneaky feeling about this one. I'm going with the Rams. Should be interesting, though, nonetheless now. Should be a good one here. I'll be watching this game via this computer screen. The 61 Giants and the surprising uh, 4-3 Seahawks. Me like too! To... <laughs> right, well, okay, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to – you know what? This will be my upset. I'm going to pick the Seahawks. Uh, I'm picking the Giants. They're they're too good to pass up this year, surprisingly. So I I trust Daniel Jones and and his team. I said the Giants would lose last week in Jacksonville. It didn't happen. This is a game they're going to lose because uh, Seattle is a much tougher environment uh, to uh, play if you're the road team. Seattle, as we mentioned last week, they beat up on the Los, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles on the road. I know they have a couple of injuries. DK Metcalf. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to play or not, yeah. but they still have a, a strong running game with Ken Walker III and, and Drake Dallas. I'm, I'm going with Seattle. Seattle's a three-point favorite at home. Should be interesting one nonetheless. Uh, Packers and Bills. This is a Sunday nighter on NBC. Uh, it's it, uh, Yeah, the Packers just aren't very good at the moment. I, they could do it together, but I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to do it this, uh, this game, though. Bills are... You know, I think they're on a mission, so I'll pick Buffalo, keep it short and sweet. I'm going with Buffalo as well. They're 11-point favorite at home. 
Uh, the Packers, I know Aaron Rodgers is complaining about his young wide receivers. Uh, when was the last oh, time we heard that? Oh, yeah, training camp. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, it, but the Packers lose this game. I don't think they're going to go to the playoffs this year. I know there's a long way to go, but they may surprisingly keep this sort of close. But like Lakia said, Buffalo's on the mission. I'm picking the Bills at home. Josh Allen, keep hammering down Aaron Rodgers another peg. <laughs> Seriously, look, this is if there is no excuse now more than ever why the Bears could not beat the Packers. None. Like I, I'm looking forward to the next game between the Bears and the Packers. They'll be in December here in Chicago. Yeah. So let's let's keep knocking Aaron Rodgers' ego down, and hey, maybe even bench him this season. So Buffalo. All right. Uh, the Monday Nighter here. You got the Bengals and the Browns, a battle of Ohio and NFC North. Uh, this is you know this is a uh, a pick 'em. I'm sure. So. I know uh, Jamar Chase is out. This could be one of those ugly games. I might hate myself for doing this, but I'm picking the Browns. I'm going with Cleveland, too. Cincinnati is a three-point road favorite. I guess somebody forgot to tell Vegas that Jamar Chase is out. I got a weird feeling about this one. I'm going with Cleveland. You know, I know that Jamar Chase is out, and I know he's about 75% of the offense, maybe. Um... But Cleveland, is, they're just not good this year. They're just not. So I have faith in Joe Burrow and the rest of the offensive line and defense. I'm, I'm sticking with my pick that I did a couple of days ago when I was drawing all this out. I'm going with the Bengals. We'll be surprised if you like I said, it might be ugly, though. Last but not least, the Cowboys and the Bears. Bears coming off that big win against the Patriots on Monday night. Unbelievable. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody saw that. We'll get that. to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anybody Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that coming, but uh you know, the Cowboys, I know Zeke's a little bit banged up. I saw, I saw uh, Michael Parsons in the uh, injury reports. This could be interesting. What is he listed as? I'm talking about Micah Parsons. I haven't seen an update yet, but, uh, okay. I, you know, they haven't updated it yet, so I don't know. But uh, even still, I think, you know, the Bears come off a short week. They're going to be off on the high. The Cowboys, they still got to keep pace with uh, Philly in that NFC East. So it won't be a blowout, but I'm picking the Cowboys. I'm picking the Cowboys. Look, I know for whatever reason the Bears – stunned the world especially joe buck i'll get to him in a little bit too <laughs> stunned joe buck with that win um but you still got dak and even still you have cooper rush if dak is out you still have ezekiel elliott they they have a really good team this year actually they look really good despite the injury setbacks at the beginning um and i'm picking dallas Dallas is a 10-point favorite at home. I know there are a lot of Bears fans. Uh, they'll be traveling down into Jerry's World this weekend, so you'll hear yeah. a lot of Bears fans. Most of America will get this game on Fox. Obviously, clean here in Chicago because it's a Fox doubleheader. Uh, 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 Micah Parsons, I assume he's going to play. He wears number 11 for the Cowboys. What else you haven't watched him this year? He, As the kids would say, he is a beast. So he's going to be chasing around Justin Fields in that bad offensive line for, for Chicago. And Hope if you're a Bears fan, hope they'll keep it close. I think they will for a while, but I think Dallas will come out with the win. Around this time, usually Dallas is due for a bad loss. It could be Sunday, but I'm still not convinced to jump on the other side. So I'm going with Dallas. All right, those are your picks for 
week nine. Well, week eight, I should say, the NFL. Boy, like, everyone's jumping ahead. I know it, it's it's crazy, but uh, look, we gotta we gotta I gotta get to get get going. So we gotta keep this uh short and sweet, but uh. <laughs> You know, listen to Sports on Sports on Sports, Sports, Chicago, Lakita McGee, Sydney Brown, and KXRB is Christy Manica. Real quick, though, what did you guys think about that game against uh, the Patriots uh, on Monday night? Shocking. I, <laughs> I, I was watching the highlights the next day. My dad joked with me because I couldn't get the game. And he's like, oh, do you, do you want me to tape it? Ah, never mind. You don't want to watch them lose. You already know what's going to happen. And then probably around 830 when I was about to go to bed, he said, 10 nothing bears and i'm like what is so i was going through twitter scrolling on some of the highlights and i couldn't be- i couldn't believe it i watched all the highlights and some of the main points of the game the next morning and i'm just like oh my gosh we actually have a quarterback that's looking at his options he's not just going to one player right now he's actually looking at his options and then i had to laugh because i was i was listening to a comment that joe buck made when fields ran in the ball and said what a good run from that 6'3 228 pound running back i'm like what a smart you know what like <laughs> like i just said you know even when chicago is winning you can't say anything nice about the team for whatever reason um and then i watched a little bit of the manning cast they had a uh, former president barack obama on there mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. bill burr um, then Vince Vaughn showed up and it was great. Like, I thought that they did a good job, like depicting the, the game and just talking about it. And they, they were just as shocked as anybody that the team was even, you know, winning. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know how that happened. And then a couple of days later, get rid of Robert Quinn for whatever reason I do not understand. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, the Mac Jones was pulled out uh, early in that game after that interception. Some people want to blame the camera wire, uh, the, the, yeah. uh, the ball tipped that wire. BS. That was just a bad throw. Um, as you mentioned, the Manning cast was outstanding as as always. Like yeah. I was very entertained uh, as as well. So that was the best part of my uh, my experience uh, watching that Bears win on Monday. Chris, uh, Chris, uh, I wanted to. Uh, touch on you uh, touch on the Robert Quinn trade real quick mm-hmm. we don't know that the Bears are rebuilding but did you what was your thoughts about real quick Ron Quan Smith crying at the podium when, when he found out the news I think it definitely gives the fans an idea of um oh gosh uh, like the the playing side of it the sport and then there's the business side of things obviously nobody saw that coming just from Roquan's attitude Nobody saw that coming. And that also tells me that they were pretty close on the field and off the field as well. Um, Again, why the Bears are insistent on getting rid of their veterans like this, I don't don't know. It's guys like that that you need on the team in order to keep the momentum going and to keep them pushing. Like, and so let's say there is another bad game example this coming Sunday potentially and the team is out and out and down well you can't get rid of your your veterans like that they're the ones that are going to bring the the team up and the defense is puny as it is like I don't know uh, I don't know what the difference is besides you know they have a lot of money to spend but knowing the Bears history they don't spend it the right way they get the wrong quarterbacks and it's it's not the only the in my mind the only good player in recent history that they have acquired out of 
any sort of trade deal is Khalil Mack, in my recent memory anyway. And to not even get a second or a third round pick, you just got a fourth round pick with no players it like attached to that deal. Like it, I think that was in that regard, it was a bad deal. And why do it when you could have gotten at least a third, a third round pick with maybe a couple of players attached to it. So I don't know. It kind of baffles me a little bit. I think because they had to take some of the money, I think that's probably why they couldn't get the third round. That's probably might've been uh, why, but like you guys, you know, uh, know, I got to get going. So, you know, we got to wrap it up here. So with that said, you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Oscar McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Christine, where can the lovely people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at CNanica underscore KXRB. Real quick, Christina, one more answer. Who wins the World Series, Philly or Houston? I hope Philly. <laughs> okay. That seems, to be, yeah, that seems to be a popular pick among the people who don't mm-hmm. like aren't crazy about the Astros. So you can go forget you can follow uh you know uh, Sports Social Chicago now on Roku Television. You can you mm-hmm. know the Roku app, you know, all the apps where you get your uh smart device, you know, your smart TV, Chromebook, smartphone, whatever you get your uh your wherever you get your, your apps and such. So it's super easy. You know, Sean and Maya, what's up, cuz the smoke fellas. I know what's up, cuz they come on tomorrow. So I know they got some uh something to say about that, like that that Bears game. Uh so uh yeah, so don't forget you know, listen to us, uh War Media, you know, wherever you get your uh your podcast, you know, Spotify, Google Play, all that stuff. So yeah, and there you go. Yep, and yep, subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor and follow uh, War Media and Sports on Chicago, all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. All right, for Lakina, for Christina, I'm Sid. You've been listening to the Second City Sports Tour Sports Zone Chicago, and we will see you on Monday. World Series, NFL, NCAA football on tap. Enjoy them. Doubles, and I guess the Bears. Holla! <laughs>